quantum and affect one anomaly. I'm running it through the quantum triangulator now. It's some sort of wavelength. I think it's... I think it's music! Of a song, what a ripper of a band. That's Queen Adil, a local band out of Utah. I don't know why I haven't played more of their music. Uh, I mean, should be playing it. It's freaking lit. Eh? Uh, you can catch them playing all across Utah County, Utah Valley. Uh, just again, thank you, Queen Adila, for letting me play your music. Uh, always cool to be able to do that. Um, geez, didn't start it with a, what's it called? A story? Didn't start in with a story? 
Um, but maybe I will. There was a few things I've been thinking about as usual. And no, it's not autism or the last two years. Um, but I will say this. I was looking at some things in general, right? And <laughs> those general things are content creators and podcasters. And I was looking, I'm not a big numbers guy, uh, but I was looking at, I noticed an interesting pattern. A lot of individuals peak content was two years ago. And I thought, why is that? Why did some people uh, who've been making content for, I don't know, years, peak last two years? And I was like, oh yeah, that's because everybody was home. And I, I was thinking about that and I thought for a second, if I was doing this right now during the pandemic, oh my God, dude, holy shit. Unfortunately, I started the show, unfortunately, at the end of the last two years, right when Ukraine started to fucking become cool, which is, you think about the timing of it, if we could have kept the lockdown state mentality for two more years, content creators wouldn't have known what the fuck to do. Imagine this, government's just giving out free money, you got content creators at home <laughs> raking it in because... Everybody's stuck inside their house. Nobody's going to work. So, uh, but it's not the last two years anymore. People are back. Uh, I would, how do you put it? In their regular day-to-day -day lives as they used to be, maybe rightfully so. It's good that people are back in, I guess, their wage slave normal reality. And I use, I've, I've been told this, using the term slave, I guess, is, I guess insensitive, but I believe slavery never ended. So I think if you try to restrict someone's use of the word slave to a time and place in history, like associated, you know, Jesus Christ, what's, when, when, when do people start American? You see the 1600, when, when do people pick dates? Who fucking cares? Who cares about when people pick dates? I'm not a big date guy. Uh, it does make sense though to have a good timeline in your head of history but even then it's like what the fuck is it for <laughs> you ever meet someone who's like no no the timeline's a lot different you're like it is yeah it's all a lie there's this conspiracy with time and well the calendar's a lie you ever heard about october is it the eighth month no it's the 10th makes no sense Makes no sense. Why? Why? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. October's the 10th month. Jesus Christ. Don't even know my own calendar. Um, But Octo 8. What is with time, dude? Nobody quite understands it. And the whole fall full, uh, is it fall back, jump forward in time, That none of that makes sense. Fuck. Like people just turn their clocks and we all just pretend it's normal change our clocks and like oh no it's actually five o'clock right now i'm gonna delude myself um welcome to the greatest podcast in the world everybody so great to be here uh absolutely thrilled there was several things i wanted to talk about and usually as always i forget most of them um i forget most of the things i want to talk about but uh geez that's just how it goes you know what i mean I think it's nervousness and then about, not nervousness, but like, uh, what, what would, yeah, maybe just nervous, but uh, you start the show and 
you want to be you want it to be cool and then most most often that than not most often than not when you're talking to yourself nothing cool really happens at least for a while i found uh and that's the cool thing about talking to yourself out loud is the longer you do it eventually you say something interesting and it takes a while it really does take a while to find an interesting thought i have but i know they're there i know i have four or five maybe six give me long enough interesting thoughts we just got to get them out there just have to get them out there and i do feel really cool about uh, i don't know if anybody was here uh or was there or listened to my last podcast but if you are listening if you didn't get access to the link i posted to npr which talked about the dinosaur that never existed right and the whole dinosaur thing and like dinosaurs aren't real i got into that and it's because i went to a dinosaur museum recently and i talk about like uh just you know there's there's so many weird things about dinosaurs that just you you think about them like i don't i don't know i don't quite understand it and i was watching this new show i hate to say it i watched propaganda and it was i can't even remember the show jesus christ (laughs) it's that new graham hancock stuff dude it's that new graham hancock that new uh atlantis mystery sauce on netflix you know what i mean basically it's joe rogan joe rogan got millions of dollars and said i want grant i'm sick of graham hancock being on my podcast can we just give him a tv show because the guy says the same thing every time he comes on my podcast it's not a bad thing i'm not saying you know, I love every time Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson are on the Joe Rogan. It's such an enlightening experience. Um, and I'm always surprised that they have new things to share. It's just great. But I think Joe Rogan was even a little bit, how would you put, overwhelmed with having both of those two individuals in his studio for four or five hours explaining geology, rocks, ice, uh, more rocks and megalithic structures, stuff like that. So you think about it, and Joe Rogan made a deal with Netflix, and so Graham Hancock has this ancient history TV show. It's basically ancient aliens, but humans did it style. Um, And to be honest, the whole fucking show is Graham Hancock walking around looking at shit. I swear to God, it's just Graham Hancock walking and talking. The whole fuck, and then like, you know, background shots of like the rocks he's talking about, which have been stacked in always cool ways. People can stack rocks in the most cool fucking ways. Big rocks, small rocks, all rocks. And I'm a firm believer now in giants. Let's just put that out there. Big believer in giants, two episodes in, you won't convince me otherwise. I believe in giants, dinosaurs might not be real, okay? That's a reality. I think maybe some of these dino bones might might actually be giant bones. And I'm not really convinced that... Here's the thing. People believed our government when they... Ah, just the belief. The general trust and belief in systems that have overwhelmingly lied. And then it's so funny. People continue to believe them. They'll lie perpetually. And then people will wake up tomorrow. There'll be a new lie today. Right? And it'll be the 10th lie in the past year, whatever, <laughs> our government or our corporation has told the people, and they've been doing it forever, but it's the 10th one today, yesterday, whenever. And someone will wake up tomorrow and just trust them all the same. Okay, my trust is out the window. 
for governments and educational institutions, corporations, don't really trust them. I don't really believe that they're looking out for me or anybody else for that matter. Um, so my point is Graham Hancock, the whole point of my, what I'm saying is if you are interested in watching Graham Hancock walk around and say the, basically the same things he says on Joe Rogan, but with the actual real pictures behind him, it's a great show. And he, I, you know, he just, he's walking and talking and looking. He just, he'll just stand somewhere. The lighting isn't even good sometimes. He'll just be standing, looking over imposingly some piece of land or rocks and he'll say something and then it'll be a pan away next shot. And then Graham Hancock talking again about some more rocks, ancient history. And I love it. You look at some of these rocks, you look at, I'm two episodes in. I don't binge watch. I haven't binge watched this in a while. Uh, I haven't binge watched anything in a while, excuse me. But so I'm episode two. And so far, really big fan of Graham Hancock walking around and just looking over the landscape intimidatingly. It's a great show. Um, and you learn a lot about things you kind of, well, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, and I even have the Graham Hancock books read some of them but when you start reading them and you're like oh this is joe rogan's podcast uh and then you go through the chapters like yeah this is the whole four hours isn't it um that was nice of graham hancock to do <laughs> just to basically and it's you know when people give a book report in my experience in school there's always that the person who says well i won't i don't want to tell you at the end because they didn't read it. That was me. I, I basically said I didn't really want to tell you much past the first quarter of the book. I would really just read the first part. And, uh, man, I was not good at book reports when I was young. Let's be honest about that. Uh, which is, a sh you know, I'm ashamed of that, dude, because I didn't really read them. But you have Graham Hancock. He wrote these books. My point is, goes on Joe Rogan's, and he just says the whole book report. And you're like, dude, did, no one's going to read it. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I still got the book, still read parts of it. But you listen to the the pod, you listen to Joe Rogan pod, and, you know, it's all there. Gatekeepers. It's so funny, people believe in gatekeeping, and I'm a gate opener, right? I'd like to believe I'm a gateway drug of intellectual things. Like, you, you encounter me, you're like, oh, no. I was asking some real... Well, I was surprised by this. I, I hate to even... I'll just tell the story in a different way. Um, I met a bright individual the other day. And it's a very interesting when you meet someone, first of all, who thinks. That's basically... That's the high watermark I ask for. You don't have to read a lot. You don't have to do... You just got to think, right? Which is a difficult thing to do. People underestimate how difficult thinking really is. Because most people offload their thinking and that responsibility to other sources that's what I like it's just so much easier not to think um and to trust authority that's what people did the last two years because if you tr if you tried to think for yourself well that was a bad idea you shouldn't think for yourself trust authority um Jesus Christ. But anyways, this indi this individual I met, real good thinker, real n intelligent person, and I, I'm talking to him, and a reader nonetheless. So it's always surprising when someone's a reader. And you find out that someone, some people, like they read just different things. 
And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you, you've read a lot of books that I wouldn't read. And I've read a lot of books you wouldn't read. And there's this weird, like, uh, how do you put it? Um, we both occupy different, we don't own anything intellectually, right? Because we're just reciting the things we might have read. But it's still interesting to be, to share this, like other people's ideas with other people. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. I'm surprised, though, how many people aren't familiar with Thich Nhat Hanh. And that young soldier passed away earlier this year, dude. And, and honestly, when Thich Nhat Hanh passed, that was one of the few people in, I think, I would call, like, the... It's like when Ram Dass passed. That didn't affect me. I was a fan of Ram Dass on some levels. Like, liked his book, listened to his lectures. Uh, what else did he do? Yeah, he's helped me in some ways. Um, like the Ram Dass music with East Force. It's, I am loving awareness. <laughs> that whole song will change your day. You're feeling bad, dude? Just put on that song by East Force, Ram Dass. I am loving awareness. And you think about it like, oh man, I, yeah, ooh. If I'm like four or five, if I'm feeling like four or five levels below where I should be, I turn on Ram Dass. East Forest, I am loving awareness. And I just kind of vibe to that on repeat. It's so funny. But um, maybe it's not. So what else do we have? Thich Nhat Hanh, right? So Thich Nhat Hanh passed away. And that was somebody, I, I didn't cry for this individual, but I was like, ah, oh, man, a little sad he passed because he, uh, he was a good person. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh. I think was one of the best monks around. So people have their, their rankings of monks. I put Thich Nhat Hanh up there, right? I put Thich Nhat Hanh up there quite a bit. And the funny thing is Thich Nhat Hanh has, I guess, published a lot of books, written a lot of books. And the truth is you read a couple of them. And I like Thich Nhat Hanh books. Well, there's different kinds, but quite frankly, because they're short, you could read one. You can read an entire Thich Nhat Hanh book in an hour. Uh, just, I think, if you, if you have a general reading level as an American. I'm not saying I'm up there. I think, I, I think I'm general. I think I read at a general rate. And, but you could, I'm saying, pick up one of his books, read it in an hour, and your life will be different. Um... And I, how do I know it takes an hour? Because I've recorded myself doing it, reading a book. And you're like, why did you record yourself reading a book? Just to prove that I could read a book. I'm just joking. But yeah, how would anybody know unless I showed them um, that I could read? So Thich Nhat Hanh, good, good guy, good monk. Um, what else would I say about Thich Nhat Hanh? Just I wish he would have stayed a little bit longer. But dude... Dude did well for for how long he was here. And he had a nice little village called Plum Village. And, you know, I don't know how many plums were there or why they did the plum thing. But Vietnamese monk. Hey, had no animosity about Vietnam. Think about that. That's a real ass dude. You, uh, basically, there's a country who just torched his entire homeland and he has no animosity. That's some Christ-like behavior. Dude's not like Christ, but could be Christ. If Christ reincarnated, tick not hunt. 
don't know, I've yet to hear anything bad about Thich Nhat Hanh. He's not one of these... Uh, I think there's these levels of guru, and I don't think he's a guru. But he like people would go to him for guruship, and it's always interesting when someone seeks, again, attachment outside of themselves. Uh, I'm like, why do people do that? Why do people look for something outside of themselves? It makes no sense to me where you have an individual... And they feel like enlightenment is touching the Pope's feet. Uh, you know, talking to Thich Nhat Hanh or getting a lesson from him or having the Dalai Lama lecture you. or I don't know who, what other gurus people have. Today we have a- academic gurus like Sam Harris, you know, for some people. Who's another academic? Jordan Peterson. There's There's less of those, right? Which is interesting. I think academic heroes have declined. Uh, maybe not, though. I think there used to be more of an established space for professors who were, I guess, I don't know, more academic. The academic climate has really changed when research became everything. And I don't understand why you got to pay for it data you got to pay for research because people will use it against you and say well you don't have the data well you know how much it costs to to get the data to buy the data to get the research and it's become a game to the point where if you want to cite the authority it's a cash it's a cash-based game so if you want the research if you want to you know buy the research and learn about the research you have to pay for it and that to me seems a bit of a disingenuous approach when it comes to rhetoric and setting things of authority. If authority is, if data is going to be used as an authority, if research is going to be used as an authority, there shouldn't be any paywall behind any of the authority. Otherwise, the authority, whether it, whether it's sufficient or not, to me becomes a bit, uh, how would you put it, damp and then it's, authoritiness <laughs> it becomes less authoritative um you could say less authoritative for sure um just just because of that just because of that you think about uh and the reason why I'm, i i draw this to mind is when i was in college you had to pay to read research articles unless you were of course a college student um, so as a student, you got free access to all of this cool research. Can you believe you get this free research? That's one benefit coming to our college. You get free access to data. It's like, why doesn't everybody get this? Because people would see through this bullshit. And that is the reality. If all this data was really out there, people would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't science. This isn't research. This isn't data. This is garbage. I think a lot of academia is just straight trash. I think it's just straight dog shit. And, you know, I, I'm not the first person. It's not an original thing to say. Right? A lot of people have really brought this to attention, right? The fact that academia is just a... Tr- That's why I don't trust dinosaurs. You look at all of the fields of academia... It's like, yeah, they have gender studies. You believe gender studies? So someone will look at me and say, well, academia is to be trusted. I don't trust gender studies, and I don't trust the bone department. 
Both of them are relying on perverse funding. Like, they need discoveries. And they'll fucking dig something up and say, Jesus Christ, I know it's that same sauropod we found before, but if we say this is a new dinosaur, we get twice the fucking funding. It's... and. Hey, guys, no secret. Same thing that happened the last two years where if people are given incentives, right, they're going to find the outcomes you're looking for. You know, oh, ventilator. Let's put them on. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was going to talk about this. Oh, man. It hurts your heart when you see things like this. First of all, you know when someone, like, is obviously unhealthy and then they get the flu? And so uh, there's this guy I know, right? And I know this guy through association, but he's a good guy. He he works every day. I see him. He shows up to work, okay? And I see him periodically, okay? When he I go to I go to this place to acquire resources, whatever resources I need, and he's there. He's working. And to, to it was yesterday, the day before, he had an oxygen tank. Okay, this guy's probably in his 30s, 40s. Ball, I mean, he's got hair problems. <laughs> he's got hair problems, okay? So, uh, which isn't a big deal. But the thing is, he's got this oxygen tank, and he's a bit overweight. So he's got, he's a bit overweight. He, he, brought, he honestly... He doesn't look like he maintains. I don't know what he does in his day-to-day life, but my guess is he's not taking care of himself. No self-care. Not not a lot of self-help. He's busy. He, he probably gives himself to this corporation he works at and to everything else too much. But now, yesterday, he's got an oxygen tank. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck happened to you? You got an oxygen tank? Buddy. You're in your 30s. You look like anybody I see with an oxygen tank. You know, God bless you. You're about to kick it. You're going out the door. If you have an oxygen tank, things don't go. They don't go uphill. They're downhill. And he and I asked him. I said, Jesus Christ, buddy, how how you how you doing? He said, I've seen better days. I'm like, yeah, I I know that. I'm sorry. What's going on? I said, I got it trying to get over this flu. And I wanted to tell him, hey, it's not the flu that's the problem. Right? And I'm already getting dings probably. But when you people think like, oh, it's this flu. That's why my life is in a position where, no, no, no. It's everything else that led up to that point, buddy. It's not the flu. You you know what I mean? It's not this thing you're going to get over, right? This thing is, it's, you, people will never get it, right? Because when, it, when it's not your fault, right? When it's this bug that is transmitted around and it's not really your fault because you just caught it. Like, I ah, just fucking, man, just got me. God, man, got hit by that flu. Dude, I just fucking caught it. I'm not saying the dude didn't catch a bug. I'm sure he caught a bug. Whatever. But his lifestyle, everything that led up to that point is why he needed the oxygen tank. Right? He looked unhealthy before he was quote unquote unhealthy. He looked I didn't I didn't know he was oxygen tank unhealthy. Like he looked 
Jesus Christ, I don't know. Regular unhealthy? One of these one of these typical Americans where their body mass index is obviously a little high, you know what I mean? They they they're just not they haven't figured out that what they put into their body is making them look like what they look like. You ever there's this weird disconnect in humans where humans are taking things in, right? And it's changing everything about them from the way they look to the way they think and they can't figure out what's doing it. Like, why the f- what's going on with me? Let me put down this Twinkie. I don't know why I'm so upset. <laughs> it's definitely not, it doesn't have anything to do with my environment or the things I'm doing. It's gotta be a bug. Some people really do get sick, so God bless them. You know, I pray for them. Pray for anybody who gets sick, but. I don't really believe people, you know, I, I'm not, I don't buy into this, this old narrative. This old, uh, you know, I'm a victim to the uh, flu. That, that to me is pussy. It's some pussy shit to say, like, you got caught. Like, God damn, this thing took me down. Now, I can't take people down. But if it does take you down, I take you down. I think it's your own fault. Right, like you did all the thing most of the time, and then there's obviously obviously the outlying situations where maybe you know there's nothing you could do, man. This was a super bug. This thing had, this thing had the devil written all over it. It was gonna take you down no matter what. Who knows, man? People believe what they want. It's just a nice cop out. <laughs> oh man, it's you know. <clears throat> it's like, are you depressed? Those old, do you remember those commercials? Americans are all depressed, right? Why are they depressed? Because it's a rat race, wage slave society. But if that all came to light, you know, people would actually do something about it. So people will try to rationalize why their life fucking sucks. And they're doing these shitty fucking things over and over and over again. And it's like, well, it's not the fact that you're doing these shitty things over and over again. You have a chemical imbalance. They used to say this. They might still say this. You have a chemical imbalance. It's not you. You your world. You have a job. Everything's going well in your life. You should be good. Dude, this system's so fucked. People, I think, you know, really want to have these rose-colored glasses when they look at America and the society. And the the funniest people are the patriots. Oh wait, halfway through the show, everybody. Intro song was Queen Adilla, Bathroom Floor. Welcome to the Provo Kid Podcast. This is halfway through the show. Oh, fuck, what was I talking about, dude? Oh, rose-colored glasses. People like to look at America and think, and the patriots are these people, right? This, they, These people, man, these, these patriots, they think, man, anybody would die for this country are fascinating people. Just fascinating. They're trying to save these patriots. They, I don't, they believe, man. They really believe. They think America's great. It's fine. It's a good place, uh, but it's just another empire trying to be more feudal, I think, trying to enslave the population and subdue it more and more and more. I think that's a general theme throughout the entire world where uh, I think most countries do not want a population that is capable of 
creating actual change or doing what it actually wants. Like climate change. Oh my God. I saw this thing recently. Dude, this, this climate change narrative is driving me up a wall because <laughs> it is one of the dumbest fucking things ever. People who believe in climate change are so fucking insane. I got news yesterday. I might not have talked about it, uh, but in general, there's climate control that's taking place all over the world right now. There is actively uh, plane, there's there's planes right now in the air trying to control and modify the weather. So, um, and this is my whole problem with anybody who who wants to talk about climate change. I will I will take on the conversation, but we have to be honest with the fact that our governments have been geoengineering and controlling the climate for how long so what who's is the client does the climate suck now because we've controlled it or does the climate suck uh because we're not controlling it enough because we've been controlling the climate we've been geoengineering it right and if you're not familiar with what i'm with what i'm talking about it's called cloud seeding right and the funny thing is this was a conspiracy nobody talked about but uh, it's funny when Australia was on fire, every American cared. When Australia was flooded, nobody fucking gave a shit. But uh, when Australia was flooding, there were reports of lots of cloud seeding off the coast of Australia. Like, why are all these planes flying in these patterns and generating more and more clouds and increasing the floods? Like, wouldn't that be fucking fucked up <laughs> if your own government just created uh I guess a huge fucking problem for you and blamed it on climate change and then taxed you for it. And nobody, nobody's quite figuring out what's happening because it's a big game, right? It's a big game called, we need your money to fix the problem we're creating. Right. Um, and a lot of people are idiots. They don't know what our government's doing. They don't know, man. They really don't. And if you do talk about cloud seeding, the pejorative is chemtrails. So all of these things, all this double speak, this uh, language programming that's taken over our, our country is fascinating. The way people talk about things. When our government kills its own soldiers, you know what it's called. It's called friendly fire, right? That's an old one. Everybody knows that, right? When our government decides to, I guess, do a Pat Tillman, God bless his soul. It's friendly fire when we take out one of our own. It's just friendly. There's no mean, hateful, vindictive thoughts behind the fire. It's just friendly. Sorry to take you out, Pat Tillman. It was a friendly fire. God, uh, God bless Pat Tillman. He probably was one of these real individuals who idealized and saw maybe, you know, the kernel of truth our country was built upon and latched himself to that kernel and never saw the corrosive uh, shell that, a, that that's built uh, around that. And what I mean by is our country is a fucking shithole for so many things, so many things. Um, and I don't care though. It's fine. Fine by me. I like, I like America. I really do. We have the best president. And I wanted to talk about this too. Isn't it weird to me? The last two years have absolutely fucking sucked. 
for some people, not for me personally, great. But as far as like inflation, potential of World War Three, uh, what else has been a problem? Gas prices, gas, like energy problems, right? So the last two years have not really been too kind to the those in power. But somehow, I think, contrary... Oh, no, I wanted to talk about this, too. But finally, I remember what I want to talk about. Uh, people are like, oh, there's going to be a red wave. The reason... I, I understand the blue wave. People don't even understand what the blue wave was. The blue wave was this idea, at least from I can recall. Maybe I'm a fucking idiot. And uh, people have been comparing what was called the red wave to this blue wave it's two totally different concepts and i think they have neurolinguistically programmed people to think of red wave now as like the whole point of blue wave was that there was going to be an, an unusual amount of votes a wave of votes that were going to come in in the middle of the night it was going to be a wave and this is about one election so when they talk about the red wave now it doesn't even make sense because they're referring to in the previous midterms multiple elections. Where's the red wave? What election? Where do you where are you going to see this red wave? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, in in Florida, where where they have the elections? I don't even know. I I know they had elections in Arizona and Pennsylvania. That's it for me. I didn't really pay attention to this shit. Um, that's it. All I know. But my point is, it wouldn't make sense to look for a red wave because there's multiple graphs you're already trying to pay attention to. And the point of the blue wave was they had to explain away, right, this stupid fucking election people really believed in. This, they had to explain away this, this massive influx of votes, right, a wave of votes coming in at the end or I guess in the middle. When was this? Late night, next day, next morning? That didn't really make sense, right? So it would be a wave of votes, a wave of voters for one president, for one election, right? That's what the blue wave was in regards to, just so we're clear. Um, it, was, that's, it wasn't in regards to multiple elections. It was, it, it was the Democrats trying to explain away what they knew was going to happen, which was going to be a massive dumping of votes into a system that would create an artificial wave, right? And everybody knows that there used to be a little joke graph of like a, a little wave. Like, how did that little bump in votes happen overnight? And people are like, well, they were mailing ballots. Oh, that's the blue wave. Okay. The blue wave was the, this, these mail-in scared voters who didn't want to go to the ballot box. That, and then they were going to add them up all at the end. That was the blue wave. So I might be wrong with my interpretation, right? And my recollection of how, how I recall what the blue wave was. It was, and I, you're like, what? I remember watching Hassan and he was saying, for people who don't know, he's a Twitch streamer. And he was saying some, what I would call bulleted talking points where I was like, oh, this guy's getting paid by somebody. And some people will watch him like, oh, he's an independent Twitch streamer. No, he's not. He was getting paid by somebody, and I maybe somebody go back and maybe you recorded that stream. But he's he was he's talking about the election. He's like, "Where's this blue wave? Where's this blue wave?" Because he knew, and he was priming, linguistically priming his audience to expect an unusual wave of voters to, to to appear and then suddenly give Biden the lead. Right? I'm probably getting flagged for this shit. Election denial. Election denial. No, Biden won the election fairly. Biden is the real president. 
So now lately in this midterm, it was like the red wave didn't happen. The red wave and how they were talking about it never made sense from the beginning. So I think it was kind of like a smoke screen to take away from even the confusing aspect of how the hell did that blue wave occur in the first place? Right? Like, oh, suspicious as fuck. It is suspicious. The most popular president of all time. Right. And everything else has been suspicious since then. But Americans are so deluded. Right. Not my country, not my king, not my voting system. No way. Everything in America works. Our food is on time. When you go through the drive through, you get what you order. So the idea that anything in America isn't what it seems, you would have to be delusional. So and I believe that. Right. So if you think Donald Trump is the real president right now, you're delusional. Joe Biden is the real president. Uh, he won the election fair squares. Sorry, guys, right? Of course the blue wave was real. Of course all those votes came in naturally. And of course the red wave was supposed to be that, you know, Republicans were fed up and they were going to vote in a wave of Republicans into office. That's what the red wave meant. Of course, of course. No, I think it's like one of these things. So if you go to trending, Google trending is one of these fascinating things where you see them remove words and their value. So if you go to like a word like war and trending, it's all associated with video games. You're like, how is that possible? America has been in war for 20 years and the most trending things or search things um, might be different now. I haven't done this little thing, little experiment in a while, but I still bet uh, if you go to Google trending and type in war, I bet Ukraine comes up second to video games. I'm sure it's like modern warfare, call a god of wars. And I think there is actual efforts. People say this about Disney and Frozen, and I believe this a little bit, where there are intentional, there are things that are done intentionally to change the algorithm and search results for people. So when people search Disney Frozen, they used to get the fact that Disney might have frozen himself to be preserved, and that's an interesting thing. But now when you search Disney Frozen, you get the movie, right? So that's the whole thing I'm trying to draw towards is America or and the system we live in has done an excellent job of taking language like that, so Frozen, Disney, and, and making it something else when you search it. So now when you search Red Wave and Blue Wave, it's going to be this new narrative. New narratives are always being weaved or woven together, right? Who fucking knows the right words? Who cares? Narratives are constantly being sewn in and out, I think, in this country. And it's fascinating. This, I think that's where the term limited hangouts come from, right? It's all a limited hangout. Um, how much time we got? 15 minutes left, dude. Yikes. Still doing good. Still a good podcast. Still good. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, but I didn't, I don't even know what happened in the recent election. I guess, excuse me, the, the Republicans lost. Who knows? Or they won. I have no clue. Um, but none of it made sense when I started hearing people talk about a red wave. And first of all, believing that I, I don't understand how anybody votes in. If you believe in voting and you participate in a system, like how does this, how does this system reelect 
the same party who has led this country into, uh, you know, a state where I think most people are generally displeased. And I'm having a good time in my life, but I think generally you look around, people don't like the, the price of gas. People don't like the price of groceries. People don't like, uh, what, what don't people like? Um, the layoffs that are coming that have been here, right? And people don't like, uh, the. F it's so funny when you had the other president in office and it was like, oh, World War Three, World War Three. Now World War Three is on the table. It's cool though, right? And it's for somebody else's freedom. Don't get that. Right. Uh, when, when it was the other president, people were like, this guy's a madman. Can you believe people were worried about we've never been closer to nuclear war. And there, there's an actual president. Maybe with an intellectual deficit. And nobody's fretting about it. You know what I mean? Nobody's like, oh, is people are like, oh, well, Donald Trump's a madman. Well, what about the guy who can't remember what he did yesterday as a president? No, like there's this weird narrative in news where like, oh, it's all a play. That's why it's all a play. It's all a joke. Because if the football box was real, people should, should be a little bit concerned that this old got geezer who doesn't really know what he's saying most of the time is in control of nuclear war. But the last president everybody was like, oh, my God, can you believe he might set off a nuclear war? And we're actively talking about it today in the news media narrative as if it's potentially something that could happen soon. And there's already false flag events like Poland being attacked by a missile. And when I saw that and then the, the narrative crumble as fast as it did, it reminded me of the narrative crumbling on the Benghazi attack when it was blamed on YouTube videos. That was the dumbest narrative. Oh, those guys attacked the embassy because they watched a YouTube video? You kidding me? No. The, the Benghazi embassy didn't happen, but that's what they wanted the narrative to be, right? And it, it obviously failed. And then you have the Poland narrative, like, oh, imagine fucking up that bad. People are so stupid. The, the, the false flags... They're working hard for them, dude. They are. They want another war. They they already have one, and I kind of am excited for it. You know, I, I talked about my this in my last podcast. I don't want the war, the next war, to be a great cleanser. But the way I see it, it's like fuck, man. Some of these people. <coughs> let's. Uh, if you really want to go to, if you really support Ukraine that much. Maybe you should send your sons and daughters there to go fight. You know, I really want people who believe in war to go fight the wars now. And if you are one of these leftists, now leftists are pro-war. Don't get it. Um, makes no sense. Can you imagine rationalizing sending military aid to go kill people? And then 69,000 people homeless in uh, Los Angeles. Then you have Jeff Bezos saying climate change is the threat. This whole climate change narrative comes so... The, the thing I hate about conspiracy theorists, but love them too, right, is imagine that the narrative was for the last two years was after this, you know, health scare, climate change is coming right after. 
and lo and behold, my little dumb eyes, that was another thing uh, that has been correct. That right after, well, it's, I didn't see Ukraine in World War Three, but they're running and pushing the climate change narrative right in step with, uh, what's it called? The World War Three thing. And the reason they need climate change is because they need to lock down people, right? They need to lock down your movement. They need to restrict your freedoms. And they, they had these little dry runs with the, the health system. And I don't think that worked. I think that was an experiment in many ways. Um, but the next thing is they're going to restrict your movement by the price of gas. They're going to restrict your movement by adding taxes, uh, carbon taxes to you flying. They're going to raise the price of energy costs and force you to restrict your your own uh, potential uh, free agency, right? Um, and I think that's really coming. It is. It's closer and closer and closer. The more people believe in climate change, the more people give power to the government to solve an imaginary thing, right? It's climate. It's like solving terrorism. Okay. Solving communism. Okay. Solving uh, something like an illness you can't see. You can't do that. It's, a, it's the enemy you can't see. The government has always got it lined up next. You, here's where I draw suspicion with anybody. If they, they, if they create a boogeyman and it's something you can't see, and they'll say, well, didn't you see that hurricane? Well, I saw it. Did you know our government can control the directions of hurricanes potentially? Did our government exacerbate the damage of that hurricane? Could our government have used climate geoengineering to mitigate the damage of the hurricane? Right? There's lots more questions I have. Right? Well, do, don't you see the effects of climate change with the drought? Is the government withholding its silver iodide and not allowing or not running their planes enough to make it rain? Are we being held hostage by this imaginary boogeyman? Absolutely. And they're going to extort everybody and everything they have for it. It's fucking insane. And then once people understand that climate change is another one of these 20-year wars that you're never going to win, right? And we get... I think that's what the space thing was, too. And people are like, oh. there's this nice lecture with Marshall McLuhan. Somebody should go find it. He takes questions at the end of the lecture. And they're talking about why they stopped going to space as much. And one of the women posed a question. And it had to do with the fact that it, they thought the videos, even in, I, I forget when this lecture was, 70s or 80s, they thought that the moon landing videos and everything about them looked fake then. And I was like, holy shit, this woman doesn't sound like a conspiracy theorist. She's at a Marshall McLuhan lecture, and at the end of it says, the moon landings look fake. It's like, what the fuck? How'd they know then? Because they knew they were getting scammed out of their tax dollars. And that's, what, that's what's going on in America. It just it, an extortion uh, from the lower to middle classes of their financial resources to redistribute the wealth, which isn't a secret. Most people know this. Not saying anything new. Not saying anything most people don't already know. But climate change is next. And then all these dumb fucking kids growing up are going to be like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to fix the climate. No, you're not. What are you going to do? Are you going to be a pilot and fly in your plane and spray silver iodide over my house so you could generate a fucking rain cloud, you psychopath? 
You psychos. <laughs> oh man, what are you what are these people gonna do to fix the climate? You know what I mean? I'd really like to know. What are you gonna do to fix this climate? I have no clue. But people have ideas, right? You know what most people need to do? The the biggest reality is I think uh what's plaguing the world right now is just general pollution of trash. I think that's the biggest problem. Just so much trash. Trash people, general trash. I saw, this is not a joke, I was out walking because I go out and about. I saw a mask on the ground. And uh, I thought about it. And I said, this is a biohazard. I picked it up barehanded and I walked it over to somebody else's trash can and I threw it away. And I was looking at the mask and on the inside, obviously a woman was wearing it. Or it could have been a man. It's hard to say these days because there's makeup residue on it. And I said, ah, so stupid. But I do understand women generally might feel more compelled to wear masks. Actually, men too. Because ugly is – you can find ugly in males and females. And I think a lot of times people in the last two years have found that a mask has been a nice way to neutralize ugly. Because the truth is if you're ugly – People treat you different, okay? <laughs> people don't like ugly people. Unless you're humorous or amusing. There is like the end of the ugly spectrum, by the way, that's very endearing. It's like, you know, the the cute ugly dog level. But for humans, it's different. It's like the amusing ugly. Like the ugly friend that's just funny and uh, or whatever, man. They, they serve a purpose. Everybody has a purpose here on God's earth. Um, but yeah, dude, ugly definitely is a fascinating thing. And then when you wear a mask, imagine wearing makeup. So imagine covering your face already and then covering it again. Oh man, I saw, oh, and here's something in that Graham Hancock thing. The guy's riding on a boat and Graham Hancock's just fucking bouncing along and then there's another guy driving the boat and he's wearing he's standing next guy driving a boat guy next to him Graham's not wearing a mask guy guy driving the boat is wearing a mask on the open sea and I was thinking is COVID just everywhere where is it is it in the open sea is it in the sea mist. Why does this why do you drive a boat? Why do you drive a boat and wear a mask? I'll never make it he might as well be wearing a helmet. Might as well be wearing a helmet. I don't get it. Maybe you should wear a mask because the, the ocean spray, maybe he's like actually the better I'm trying to rationalize. Why would you wear a mask? Why because maybe the ocean spray is inconvenient. Who knows? Who knows, right? I, yeah, who am I to judge? Maybe you should wear a mask when you drive a boat, but that's something I just, these people are insane, dude. Nobody's thinking. Maybe he felt like it was respectful. Or maybe he's ugly, right? And he saw Graham Hancock's, Hancock's? Hancock, isn't that the show? Graham, uh, what's that superhero show? Uh, I think it's just called Hancock. With Will Smith, failed superhero show. Man, what what was that about it? Anti-hero? 
who knows? Will Smith, that guy fell faster than anybody. Just a great example of the devil. You know, fallen star, fallen angel. I think that's a ritual that occurs sometimes. Uh, slowly but surely approaching the end of the show, everybody. Um, God, yeah, I got Got to pick a song now. Thank you all for watching. What are we going to end on? Who knows? But we're going to pick. How about. I started with Queen Adilla. They're a great band. Great music, as always. Um, how about. How about. Paper Tiger? Um, actually, I've, I've played them. You know, I got. I play all these bands. They're all good bands. I haven't played this band in a while. Uh, thank you all for watching. I guess what else can I say? I could really push this to a complete hour and talk for two more minutes. I did say I would start at 11 o'clock. And I have five more minutes till closing. The song does take three minutes. What can I close on? Um, geez, don't know. Don't know if there's anything interesting left to say at this point. I think I've exacerbated all my interesting points. Um, going forward, um, no. Jesus Christ, nothing else to say, huh? Uh, local news, no local news. Um, is there anything else? That, that just, who knows? Who knows, man? Is there anything I can say? Is Oh, BYU professors create cheaper, smaller, safer nuclear reactor. And I'm just happy about this, right? Of course, nobody would expect it. But yes, we have developed here in Utah a safer, cheaper, and uh, an alternative for nuclear reactors. And I'm very proud about that because we're in a climate emergency. And of course, who else would it be besides Brigham Young University? The Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, most obviously, have found an answer. And they prayed to God, and God answered and gave, apparently, who I never knew. If you would have ever told me, just down the road, apparently, at a, at a little school called Brigham Young University, they're working with nuclear reactors, I would have said, no way. No way. Those six sons of bitches. Can't believe it. I could not believe it, but I'm happy for him, right? Uh, maybe Utah will be the leader in new energy. And wouldn't that be great if, I think energy should be free. The fact that anybody pays for it, I think is also a scam. Energy is free. And the fact that we can give billions away to other countries, we should be paying, our country should have, Electricity should be free, water should be free, everything should be free in this country like that. Energy should all be free. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, for sure, that is my opinion. So this is going to be Cardinal Bloom under the oak tree. Thank you all for listening.
Takes time. 